Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by my sponsors, PolicyPack Software, where you use Group Policy or MDM to remove admin rights, manage and lock down applications, Java, browsers, mitigate ransomware, and more. And also by Liquidware, creators of FlexApp, the most feature-rich application layering product on the market. And finally, by Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros be proactive and anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues regardless of where IT workloads or users are located. If you enjoy the podcast each week, you have them to thank. Now let's get into some news. The zero days in Windows related to the Adobe Type Manager library, which I had mentioned on the podcast previously, have indeed been patched as part of Patch Tuesday for April. If you did not listen to the previous episodes of the podcast, the Adobe Type Library Manager is used for rendering fonts in Windows and was the source of a couple of different zero-day vulnerabilities. Those were labeled CVE-2020-1020 and CVE-2020-0938. And as I had previously covered, there was a mitigation out there, a temporary workaround, if you will, but it's good that it's been officially patched now and that was expected what was maybe not as expected was the fact there is another zero day vulnerability that was also patched this month bringing the total to three zero day vulnerabilities cve-2020-1027 which is a bug in the windows kernel that lets attackers elevate privileges to run code within kernel access early on this week when The patches first arrived, it was believed and reported that there are actually four zero-day vulnerabilities getting patched. However, according to ZDNet, CVE-2020-0968 is not actually a zero-day. Microsoft ended up issuing a correction on this vulnerability and updated its exploitation status. The bug has not been exploited in the wild before, hence it's not really a zero day. Regardless, it does have the potential, so you'll want to patch. I mean, patch, patch, patch. So also on a previous episode of the podcast, when I was covering some of the ripple effects of COVID-19 on enterprise IT, I covered the fact Microsoft were extending the support of Windows 10 version 1709, to give internal IT teams some respite in their upgrade efforts during this difficult time. According to betanews.com, this week Microsoft have now taken the action to extend support for Windows 10 version 18092. Version 18.09 was previously due to reach end of service on May 12, 2020. The Home, Pro, Pro Education, Pro for Workstations, IoT core and server editions of the operating system will now be supported until November 10th of this year. I'd like to give a quick congratulations to all of those who are awarded as a V-Expert by VMware for 2020. And a special shout out to my fellow EUC V-Expert awardees. I'm looking forward to a great year in the program. Google have removed 49 extensions from the Chrome store that were highlighted by Harry Denley, director of security at the MyCrypto platform. Mr. Denley said 
He had identified malicious extensions posing as known crypto wallet apps such as Ledger, Trezor, Jax, Electrum, MyEtherWallet, MetaMask, Exodus, and KeepKey. The malicious extensions all worked nearly identically to the real ones. However, any data of victims entered during the configuration steps were sent to one of the attacker's servers or a Google form. Of course, this is not the first instance of these types of imposter extensions and not even the first that I've covered on this podcast, such as the Postman extension that was exploited before, and it likely won't be the last. It's unfortunate, and I understand that Google Chrome is so widely used. There's so many different extensions. It might be difficult for Google to police this, but it would be good if there was maybe a little bit better QA on what extensions were permitted droplet computing have this week announced official support for chrome os droplet computing are of course the creators of an awesome container product that allows you to keep those legacy applications alive and kicking on newer operating systems they also now obviously provide the ability to run those legacy apps and just general windows apps on these alternative non-windows operating systems like chrome os It was announced this week that Microsoft are making private repositories with unlimited collaborators available to all GitHub accounts. All of the core GitHub features are now free for everyone. Teams who need advanced features like code owners, enterprise features like SAML or personalized support can upgrade to one of their paid plans. Microsoft are also actually reducing the price of the paid team plan from $9 per user per month to $4 per user per month, effective immediately. And existing customers will have their bills automatically reduced going forward. According to a FossBytes.com article, motherboard researchers have discovered that hackers are selling two critical zero-day vulnerability exploits of Zoom. One for the Windows version and one for macOS version, priced at $500,000 each. These flaws allow attackers to hack Zoom user accounts and spy on their calls. The report also says that both of these exploits require the attacker to be in a call with the victim, thus making it less useful for any spying agency that wants to attack in a more covert manner. In response to the news of such exploits being sold, Zoom told Motherboard, To date, we have not found any evidence substantiating these claims. So, I guess take it with a pinch of salt for the moment. I will say to Zoom's credit, they continue to make sweeping changes to the product to address the security holes that have been discovered. Just this week, they rolled out a feature that allows owners and admins to configure a minimum meeting password requirement. Adjusting minimum length and required letters, numbers, and special characters are only allowing numeric numbers if that's desired. They're also randomizing the meeting IDs. Password protection for share cloud recordings is now on by default for all accounts. Zoom chat users can hide the message preview for desktop chat notifications and more. So this next one isn't news per se, but I only found out about it this week and I think it's really cool and worth sharing. 
ExtraHop have a really cool demo of their Reveal X product that's a choose-your-own-adventure type of game. It allows you to work in a live simulated attack using ExtraHop to discover and help neutralize. GoPersonas.com have curated a list of SaaS products that have either discounted their products or made them free to those dealing with this terrible COVID pandemic. And I'll share that link with this episode, of course. Recently, Sophos shared a list of domains that they've marked as malicious as detected via COVID or coronavirus-related malware attacks. If you're listening to the audio-only version of the podcast, you won't see the list. You could see it on the YouTube version, or of course, I'll provide the link to this too as part of the reference links for this episode. The community challenge that I've mentioned in the last two or three episodes of the podcast with contenders competing against each other to see who can build an environment the fastest using Citrix virtual apps and desktops versus Horizon has been moved to April 23rd at 3 p.m. Eastern and ControlUp have now made available a registration page and that provides you with the calendar invite to view the event. So be sure to register. That should be a pretty unique and fun, free community event. So I was torn about this next one. I was going to put it as one of the scripts, tricks, and tips, but it seems like Teams is having such an explosion that it might fit more into the news. But Hans Trat on Twitter shared a handy tip. Well, it's actually a directory, but you're able to put your own custom backgrounds for those cool custom Teams backgrounds into your roaming directory under Microsoft Teams backgrounds uploads if that's something you're into. The MSIX packaging tool update for April 2020 is now available. With it, it brings features like the ability to import and export registry keys within the MSIX packaging tool, the ability to add MSIX core support through the UI of the tool rather than editing the manifest manually, and more. Also, Microsoft have stated that due to the current circumstances, they are offering the April 2020 release as an opt-in update. Forbes this week reported that security expert Ryan Pickren discovered seven zero-day vulnerabilities in Safari. I won't read out the CVEs because seven seems like a bit too much. (laughs) I'll share them with this episode. But of the seven, three could be used in the camera hacking kill chain. The vulnerabilities involved the way that Safari parses uniform resource identifiers, managed web origins, and initialized secure contexts, all of which involve tricking a user into visiting a malicious website. Still, that website could then directly access the camera provided it had previously trusted a video conferencing site such as Zoom, WebEx, or whatever. Hacking web cameras is very in right now. It has been for a while too. If you check out Shodan and you look at Some of the more popular searches in their web cameras is a big one. So it's a good idea to have your web camera covered. And as always, patch, patch, patch. And now this episode's scripts, tricks, and tips. Going to keep it pretty brief this week, but Ars Technica has posted an article titled Understanding Raid Performance Scales from 1 Disc to 8. 
It's a really in-depth article that gives a comprehensive breakdown of how RAID works, its performance, and obviously, as the title suggests, how it scales. Peter Klapwick posted a handy article on InTheCloud247.com showing how to restrict which users can log into a Windows 10 device with Microsoft Intune. If that's something that interests you, check out the scripts, tricks, and tips links for this episode. And finally, I noticed this week that there's a WVD Community Twitter account now with the promise of a WVD Community website to come in the upcoming weeks. So it seems like a pretty good resource to follow if you're into WVD. And if you're not into WVD, you've most likely seen that there's quite a demand for it right now with the work from home surge. So it's something that if you're in the end user computing space or just like desktop space or whatever, it is something that might be interesting to follow along. So I'll share a link to that with this episode too. And that's it for another episode. Thank you all so much for listening.